All right. Well, welcome to Kingdom's Conversations. We are so excited to be here again. This is the women's edition. And we're just so thankful uh, for all the listeners, all the viewers who are tuning in right now. I'm Alicia Halliburton, and I'm here with my co-host, Tori Anderson. And we also have a special guest co-host today that we're so excited to join us. And that is Elder Audrey McCombs, <laughs> hailing from the great Savannah, <laughs> Georgia. And that is also my hometown. And this is also my aunt. So I'm just really elated and really blessed and thankful to be able to share this space uh, with you and also with Tori, my, fr my dear friend and sister. So um, we have a, uh, <laughs> we were talking about whether we were going to do a hot topic. And um, Auntie Ar sorry, if I say Auntie Audrey, it just flows because she's my auntie. But also, yeah. I want to acknowledge <laughs> the call <laughs> on your life. But um, Auntie Audrey's like, this is a hot topic. So today, we are talking about Christmas. Yes. And so we're just, I mean, let's, let's, I'll go ahead and give this disclaimer um, because what we're getting ready to talk about is not popular. It's not popular. You know, obviously Christmas is one of the most celebrated um, holidays uh, ever presently. You know, it, it's super popular. And um, so again, the uh, what we're getting ready to share is not super popular, but I would just challenge you to, um, to just listen, yeah. to listen. And those who are Holy Spirit filled, you know, allow him, listen to him, listen to the precepts, listen to the word that is in this. And then you make your decision, do with, do with the information, you know, that ultimately the choice is yours, what you do with this information. Um, but we're here to share truth and to shed light. And so I'm excited to, to jump into it. And so how we're going to do this, we're going to talk about top reasons why people celebrate Christmas and why we do not, we as in us. <laughs> and why we do not. So let's just jump right in. Um, I have some, some reasons here, and these aren't necessarily in a particular order from most popular to least or whatever. Um, but we're just going to kind of go through these. So the first one is the top reason why people celebrate Christmas and why we do not is because maybe people don't know its history and its pagan roots. So Auntie Roger, I'm going to start with you. Um, what would you, where would you start if you were trying to introduce someone um, to the history of Christmas and its roots? Oh, wow. That is uh, an interesting question. Um, you know, you could probably start with the present and work your way backward. Like uh, right now we can talk about how it's a heavy marketing market driven. Uh, right now you've got all the movies, you've got all the music blaring from everywhere. You've got, uh, social media tied up with it. You've got sale ads and you've got uh, businesses decorating and holding functions um, now to say holiday to be more inclusive. So they would lead you to believe of uh, all, all the other celebrations like uh, Hanukkah, like um, Kwanzaa that will be coming up. Um, but what you'll see is you'll see the all the decorations for Christmas. So it's a heavy marketing thing. So you can look and see that it's very much about the dollar. It's very dollar driven. Uh, maybe go back and take them back to, uh, you know, the presidents who um, established um, holiday traditions for the nations to kind of, um, well, yeah, to, to, to make it a national observance and how they get involved with the national tree and, um, concerts from like Lincoln Center and, Center and maybe from um, uh, some governmental monument. Um, there'll be different special things going on. So, um, so we see that the government's involved in, in sanctioning, it, sanctioning it. And then, you know, you can go back and look at how businesses started with greeting cards. You got to have a market and a, and a, a um, um, customer base in order to sell these cards. And so once cards, greeting cards were introduced, you have to play up um, these events so that people will buy into it and then they'll go out and buy all the things associated with it. And then prior to that, you look at religion. Religion, um, primarily uh, the Catholic religion, which is where um, most of the American denominations come out of, 
um, when you look at religions, Baptist, Lutheran, Methodist, Episcopal, um, or Baptist, Methodist, Episcopal, you look at that and you see in their traditions, even if you sit in some of the services, you'll see some of the same things that go on from the Catholic Church. So these were uh, groups that came out of the Catholic Church over protests of one thing or another. So, yeah. and we know that um, the, if you go back deeper into the Catholic Church, you know uh, that they, um, like with the Council of Nicaea, they, they kind of slashed away the uh, Jewish um, observances and then put their own counterfeit observances in the place of it. And, you know, we right. had the redone by different ones and, and uh, you know, what the Catholic Church historically has been um, maybe not known for by most people, but is incorporating uh, pagan rituals, days, customs into their belief system in order that they can enlarge um, the Catholic um, Faith, I guess I want to say that. Yeah, and spread it out. Right. By yeah. Anything that's or anything that you can say. Oh, see, this is like what you did, but this is this. the The Virgin of Guadalupe is a prime example. I look at the Virgin of Guadalupe documentary, and I was like, you know what? That is very true. I suspected it, but it really opened my eyes to how um, they just created the Virgin of the Lady of Guadalupe, and uh, within the the art that they created for the Lady of Guadalupe, they created. Uh, the pagan systems for the, um, I can't remember if it was the Inca or the Mayan tribes or the Aztec tribes that they were trying to um, bring into the fold. And we know it's more than just about uh, religion because they were after the monetary stuff, the gold, the silver, the benefits of the land, uh, especially the benefits of the people labor. You can subdue the people with religion, then you can get them to do what you want them to do. And um, you know, the church is going to prosper because you go in a lot of towns, um, you'll see these um, Catholic churches that you can walk into and they're, 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 their artwork is, is, is clad in silver, gold, uh, maybe even precious stones. I was in Columbia and uh, one small town, I think I was in Cali and um, I found this little church. And I said, oh, I want to go see because it it's historic. I know it's Catholic church, but I wanted to see the... Um, um, I don't want to say the iconography, but the stations of the cross on the inside. And um, I was amazed at what I saw, you know, simple plank wooden beam benches that are hard. You know, your knees don't catch a break, your butt don't catch a break. But when you look forward, this whole wall of religious art, statues and whatnot covered in gold. So I was like, these people who made all this possible, you know, how many of them were poor? How many of them, you know, didn't have enough, but um, I'm digressing, sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's the whole you made, thing. You brought up a huge, a huge point, and that yeah. is how ultimately everything goes back to the dollar bill. And if you follow that dollar bill, you will definitely see uh, why it's, it's, why people don't want you to know this kind it's of truth, because then it would mess up it would mess up, you know, the this multi-billion dollar industry. So yes, that's a good point. Tori, what did you want to share as far as the uh, historic and pagan roots of Christmas? You know, Audrey just kind of like dropped about five, six, six months. <laughs> you're, you're. Sorry, I didn't know. Yeah, it's a thing, so. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, like I was saying, she said a lot of really good stuff in there. But one thing that really got me this year was I read this statistic that Mariah Carey actually makes um, between 600000 to a million dollars each week of the holiday season because of that one song that she put out. And I was like, man, like this has y'all say Jesus is the reason for the season, but. If Jesus is the reason for the season, why in, in the kingdom is a common wealth? Why aren't more people, you know, having access to that type of wealth? And she put out this one song that make you feel good. And she's making millions off of it. And people are struggling every day, you know, just to buy those Christmas gifts and stuff. So, yeah, it's kind of just to go back to your point, like to see, you know, 
I don't want to say like these tricks, but I guess the trick of spending your money to celebrate this season, like this is how you celebrate it. This is, you know, like just making people feel guilty that they have to do it. And, you know, yeah, I'm, you can keep going. Sorry. Yes. No, that that's a really good point. And, you know, one of the things that I took from what you were just talking about, Tori, is it's a cover up. The yeah. Jesus is the reason for the season. It's a cover up. Um, and because if that was true, then wouldn't the focus be on that? But we see that the focus is on gift giving. It's on basically everything that's, uh, you know, makes you feel good, spend money, open gifts, buy gifts. Um, so it's definitely a cover up. I wanted to read something though, about, um, the pagan roots and the history of Christmas. And yeah. so a lot of people, you know, I didn't know this, um, until I knew, until I heard about it. So a lot of people don't know that um, it is actually based on the Roman festival of Saturnalia. And so Saturnalia, which was held in mid-December, is an ancient Roman pagan festival honoring the agricultural god Saturn. Saturnalia celebrations are the sources of many of the traditions that we now associate with Christmas. Saturnalia is the most popular holiday on the ancient Roman calendar, derived from older farming-related rituals of midwinter and the winter solstice, especially the practice of offering gifts or sacrifices to the gods during winter sowing season. The pagan celebration of Saturn, the Roman god of agriculture and time, began as a single day, but by the late Republic, uh, 131 to 33 BC, it had expanded to a week-long festival beginning on December 17th. Yep. Um, so during Saturnalia, work and business came to a halt. Schools and courts of law closed, and the excuse me, the normal social patterns were suspended. People decorated their homes with wreaths and other greenery and shed their traditional togas in favor of colorful clothes. Even slaves did not have to work during Saturnalia, but were allowed to participate in the festivities. And in some cases, they sat at the head of the table where their master served them. Instead of working, Romans spent the day gambling, singing, playing music, feasting, socializing, and giving each other gifts. Um, and let me see. So I'll, so I'll just pause right there um, because, again, a lot of people aren't even aware. That's where a lot of like, like, have, have, has anyone ever thought about where did the Christmas tree come from? Like, how does, what is a Christmas tree? So if, if Christmas is about celebrating the birth of Yeshua or called Jesus, where did the hmm. Christmas tree come from? Where did the Christmas lights come from? Where did the gift giving come from? And what happened was people tried to make it fit and say, oh, well, Jesus is the light of the world. So that's why we have Christmas lights and uh, we are trees of righteousness. So that's why we need Christmas trees. And, you know, like just trying to make it fit, not understanding the true origin of, of how these things came about. What do you guys think about that? Well, it's true because uh, just thinking about the Christmas tree, if my memory serves correctly, because the Christmas tree is seen as an evergreen, um, that means it's quote unquote eternal life, but it's actually the son of... Um, I can't remember the pagan gods, but it's it's actually, you know, representing a, a pagan uh, deity. So, um, again, the incorporation of, like you said, the pagan roots into a quote unquote Christian uh, celebration to make it fit um, so that those who were um, believers in those things like the Saturnalia could say, oh, OK, we we don't celebrate the Saturnalia the same way, but we can still kind of celebrate it. It's kind of, it kind of reminds me of modern day um, religions that kind of came out of slavery, like, uh, um, is it Santa Maria? Santa, no, um, I think it is, but it's a mixture of, of uh, Catholicism, African religions, um, people, you know, they go into trances, they do, uh, they use, um, you know, spells and different things to um or rituals and different things to to worship um but they're just like throwing things together and making it fit so yeah i'll go sit in the christian church but when i need something really done i'm gonna go over here and i'm gonna get the priest of the 
um, Santa Maria religion to, uh, you know, do his 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 spells and to, uh, you know, try to see into the future and different things like that. So they're blending things. But what this did was <laughs> it blended it well. Right. It blended blending. Mm -hmm. People so blinded to it that we're all, you know, that we were. If you celebrated Christmas at one time, we're all doing it. Um, not like you said, understand it because we don't know the origin. We just take what tradition has told us. And that's a big thing, you know, just relying on tradition to continue to do these things without looking at the history. We're not, not really investigating what, what is the history and what does the scripture say, you know, about um, how we should be um, worshiping Ellie, what's acceptable to him? Is this acceptable? Right. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think, you know, uh, something that you said about the blending and um, it's just so interesting because even the early so-called Christians, they didn't even celebrate. They didn't even acknowledge, uh, they didn't even celebrate the birth of Yeshua, uh, exactly. especially December. Like that wasn't even a thing. Right. And so and then because it was a pagan holiday that was adapted. Um, and so I can. Well, I'll read more about that later. But because it was adapted and it, it slowly became more popular and more popular. And now it's just normal. But even that wasn't even the case like 100 years ago. Um, so this is actually super, super recent that it's just become so popular and people have no idea like the, the origins and the roots. Um, so I'll read this and then I'll let Tori kind of comment. So it says, to avoid persecution during the Roman pagan festival, early Christians decked their homes with Saturnalia holly. As Christian numbers increased and their customs prevailed, the celebration took on a Christian observance. So again, before now, Basically, they just um, were trying to fit in with everything else that was going on. And they just were celebrating Saturnalia, you know, for what it was, which was literally worshiping, honoring a pagan uh, sun god. Right. Yeah. And so then as Christianity became more popular, they're like, oh, well, let's go ahead and throw in uh, something that makes it more relevant for us. And that's how they decided to celebrate the birth of Yeshua in December. Um, and so it says uh, the, okay, it says, sorry, I'm trying, okay, the early church actually did not celebrate the birth of Christ in December until Telesophorus, who was the second bishop of Rome from 125 to 136 AD, who declared that the church services should be held during this time to celebrate the nativity of our Lord and Savior. In, in the year of 274, solstice fell on the 25th of December. So they're like, oh, perfect. We can celebrate <laughs> the birth of Jesus and this festival at the same time. It's a twofer, you know? Right. Um, so Tori, what are your thoughts about how the blending, I guess, came about in the history? Well, oh, he just hit me in the face. Well, um, when, as y'all were talking about that, one thing that kind of kept coming up was just people just have this desire to be accepted instead of standing on truth and standing on what they know to be truth. It's just like, oh, let's just compromise. Let's just bend a little bit. It's okay. It's not a big deal. Not thinking about what this will look like long term or not thinking about how one day their descendants will look up and not even realize that what I'm doing has nothing to do with, has, I almost say Christmas has nothing to do with Yeshua. It has nothing to do with truth. It's, you know, just realizing that, even just thinking about it now, that the stand that we take will affect so many people after us. And, you know, as y'all were talking, I was just thinking, you know, what if they would have actually taken that stand and decided, you know, this has nothing to do with, um, with the kingdom. It has nothing to do this is our world this is our culture and it just goes back to you know deciding who are you going to let govern you who are you going to let influence you more because this is just really just evidence of how strong societal norms are you know like yeah. as kingdom believers we have a kingdom we have a culture we have a governor we have 
we have a constitution that's telling us how to live, but people just started out the window because, well, you know, everybody's celebrating Christmas. Everybody is, you know, celebrating those original, um, that God, the name is escaping me right now, um, of what they were doing then. And just, and and I don't want to say people need to be okay with, with, I don't want to say being alone, but people need to be okay with going against the norms and understanding that, you know, I don't have to be accepted yeah. by everything and every and and just a- attach myself to everything that's going on because that's popular. Like this isn't high school. Like this is life. You know. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So so many scriptures are coming to me as you're talking about that um, because you're sure. You know, one, another thing that people often say when you talk like this is like you're bringing division. Um, you yeah. know, why, like why does that matter? If I don't celebrate it like that. So, you know, I focus on Jesus. He is the reason for the season. So for you to say this, you're bringing the vision. And, you know, Tori, you were talking about how people are afraid to stand on the truth for sake of wanting to feel like they're included and accepted. But Yeshua preached against that. He was like the traditions. I mean, all these traditions that you guys are keeping, that's what makes the word of Elohim of non-effect because you aren't willing to let that go. Um, and if you aren't more willing to, um, and as a matter of fact, I want to go there, go there in Matthew, um, let me pull that up because I, I'm not paraphrasing this one. I want to read it straight from the thing. So nobody can say that, um, I made that up. So this is to those who say like, it's about unity. The scripture says in Matthew, who are Matthew 10 and 34, do not think that I have come to bring peace on earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And the enemies of a man will be the members of his household. The one who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And the one who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. The one who finds his life will lose it. And the one who loses his life because of me will find it. And that just, you're talking about dropping bombs? Like, that's a bomb. I mean, seriously, it is that important. And Tori, you made a good point. Like, this is about a generation. It's not just about us. If we're so caught up in you know, the culture and what everyone else is doing and just saying it doesn't matter and just discounting it. Well, then that scripture applies to us. It says, you're not even worthy of me because you aren't willing to lay your life down for what I believe in and to to preach and to fight for and to stand for what I stand for. So that, mm-hmm. that, that's a huge one. And it completely debunks the argument of, well, it's just about family. It's just about fellowship. It's just about, you know, family coming together. Family can literally get together anytime if you, you know, put forth the effort. You know, it doesn't have to be, well, first God just wants, yeah, that scripture just completely debunks the argument of it's just about family and fellowship. Like, we're supposed to love the father more. And if you let Big Mama tell you, that I just I just pulled that one up, but if you letting her tell you we need to celebrate Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> we need to celebrate Christmas because of that. Is she your God? Is she your Lord? Is right. she hell? Exactly. You know? Sorry, yeah, yeah. And it's it's it also, question. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Auntie. It also points to the the fact that people don't really understand um, how Elohim, how Yeshua. These are the Hebrew root uh, terms or kingdom definition of terms, Elohim for what people in Christendom call God and Yeshua for Jesus, um, how they want us, how we are to worship them. Because if they understood, going back to the creation story in, in uh, Bereshit or Genesis 1 uh, verses 14, where the fathers actually already told us about the holy uh, festivals he wants us to keep. I mean, you know, giving us a a peek into that window in that, but because uh, Christianity did away with the Hebrewic roots of um, our belief system, uh, well, let me rephrase that, of their belief system, um, 
and just denied all of this to establish something different other than what the father established. And so we have modern day Christendom. Um, they don't understand that he set forth days and times and seasons for us to uh, worship him. You know, uh, when it's not, they say it's for the Jews only. Well, it's not just for the Jews because you're looking at uh, the father uh, or, the, or the Hebrews when the father Elohim delivered them out of the hands of the captives in the book of Exodus. Um, and then he, when he brought them out, he reestablished or reintroduced to them um, the, the Moedib or the other um, holy seasons, the holy days and times that he wants us to observe. Um, it, it wasn't just for them. You know, he's saying, I want you to be in my, um, my example to the world of how I want people to worship me. So this is what I want you to do. So these are the days that I have appointed. and here's how, you know, man should be worshiping me. That's why he said that if anybody wants to, um, you know, come alongside you and um, worship me, I'll let them do it. Because if it was for the Hebrews only, then he would have said, no, you know, they stay outside, you know, you stay pure. They could come inside as long as they adapted to what the father had already established and not, um, the other way around, which is what we see the world has done. It, it has become culturally Christian by uh, incorporating cultural things into uh, their belief system, which is actually a part of their belief system. But, um, you know, he's not going to be changed by the world or allow his systems that he's established to be changed by the world. The world has to conform to him. He doesn't conform to the world. So understand, yeah, exactly. yeah the origins and the roots they don't know it so that's one right. of the reasons for their ignorance that you know we followed can the blind lead the bond yeah into a ditch so we've followed the blind uh in the past we've been delivered thankfully from that but you can you know yeah right and and something that was screaming out of me as you were talking about that is how most christians have adapted and and accepted that democratic mindset right. into their belief system and it just doesn't work. It doesn't fit. Like you can't, you can't hold on to um, your, well, well, I think, well, I feel it's not about what you think and what you feel. Like we have to search, how does the father feel about this? Would, yeah. would Yeshua, would he be having a Christmas tree up in his living room and, and celebrate? No, he wouldn't. Why? Because he was about the father's business. Everything that the father wanted us to um, the, the thing, the, the holy and uh, the Moadib, the things that he wanted us to celebrate, he told us about those. <laughs> That's the ones that Yeshua, you know, celebrated, right? So it's just so interesting, though, when you hear people defend, um, you know, what they want to do and what they want to celebrate, how all of a sudden it's like, well, this is what I think, or we don't, we don't know when Yeshua was born. So that's why, you know, we celebrate on December 25th. And it's like, okay, let me just stop right there. Tori, what you got before I'm talking for now? Say something real quick about how you were saying, you know, um, uh, we don't know you when Yeshua was born, so we celebrate on this day. And so, mm -hmm. back around to your point, well, to be honest, I, and I was, I was just thinking about this, Scriptures tell us to uh, to diligently seek him. And so if you don't even spend time doing research, trying to find out what we should be celebrating, you really don't want to know. And to be right. honest, those convictions that you have, that belief system, this love, you don't want to give up your Christmas. You don't want to give up your trees. You don't want to give right. up any of this. And so basically you just telling the father, like, this is what you said. Well, you probably can't even tell him because you might not even know that there is something that the father said in place, but you're basically saying, father, this is what I want to do. You know, this That's is right. what has been passed down and it's direct it's a direct rebellion you know and just because the father the holy spirit brings us illumination and when you put yourself in position to receive and learn more he's gonna give it to you but it's yeah. just a matter of positioning yourself to get that stuff uprooted and say hey you know i'm not gonna do this anymore and and it just goes back i just think about like just with when we were celebrating the holidays and doing christmas and easter i used to always say you know like i would just feel like i was like this is this is something more like it's something more than just going to my grandma's house and eating and eating dinner and exchanging gifts or whatever and yeah and 
and and if people just listen, you know, and I would and I was I wasn't born again then, I wasn't trying to be saved, but I knew that I always knew that it was something more. And so born again believers, you know, the Holy Spirit is always teaching you if you give him an opportunity because your belief system can shut the Holy Spirit down from doing anything because he's not gonna force you to accept him. He's not gonna force you. We have a free will. So that just goes back to, you know, hey, like just asking questions. The father's not winking at ignorance anymore. He's not, you know, just saying, oh, okay, well, that's just been passed down, y'all. Okay, like we have access, y'all, we just have access to way too much stuff to get true. Right. Yeah. So. right. That's 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 a good point. And I love what you said. I would, I would more so respect a person if they would just be honest with me and themselves and just say, you know what, you right. It is pagan because, it okay, and this is what I meant to say about those resources. You literally can go to history.com and they will tell you that Christian has pagan roots. Like it's literally in black and white, you know, like right in our face. If you do research for two seconds, you could find this information. Yeah, just Google it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Literally just Google it. You can find it. I mean, it's not like some big epiphany and some big secret and like that sort of thing. But to, to the point is, we will always make an excuse for what we love and what we you know, want to do versus just saying, you know what, I really love Christmas music and I, I love getting gifts and I love you know, going on a Christmas and, and all those sorts of things. And that's why I celebrate Christmas. And then we have to deal right. with that love and that desire and making that exchange. Because I know for me, when I um, first came to this knowledge, I was very defensive as well. I'm like, Christmas? You're touching Christmas. Like I remember when dad taught it and um, it was this, it was this chart that he had and, you know, he had, you know, Halloween. I'm like, okay, yeah, we, we know Halloween is, uh, is, is another fall. Okay. I'm, I'm with you on that Halloween. Um, he had Easter. Okay. Yeah. I know about Easter. I know, you know, it's pagan roots and all those sorts of things. And then I saw a Christmas tree. I'm like, why is that on there? <laughs> like, Hold on, wait a minute. And and I went through it. Um, I went through this time where I was just getting beat up left and right. Like everything he said was hurting my feelings. I was mad. I was, you know, all of these things. And I'm, you know, I'm just being honest. But I had to like slowly but surely, the more I listened to the Holy Spirit, the more I submitted my thoughts and what I thought about it. And, you know, because then when I really looked at it, I was like, I love this because this is just how I grew up. It was it was the tradition. It was the history. And I, what I had to realize is, Father, I love you more. Like mm -hmm. you, you're worth more than this one day that, you know, we, we do this tradition. If I love my family, I can love them on 364 other days. If I want to get gifts or give gifts, I can do that on 364 other days. So it, that, you know, it really is a soul tie that had to be broken. And a lot of people don't even realize they have soul ties with holidays and, and which is why, you know, you have a lot of people who are even depressed and who, you know, are going through grief and stuff because it's like, oh, well, you know, um, I don't, I can't, it doesn't feel the same anymore to celebrate Christmas or so-and-so passed away. And now I'm, you know, now I'm sad. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys about that. Like, how did, what would you say to a person in that mindset who um, is having a hard time of letting go of Christmas because of the tradition and because of um, the strong family ties and that sort of thing? Well, I, I remember when um, I probably was 22 and uh, that's when I first came into the knowledge of the Moadid and um, what the Holy Spirit uh, was leading me. It was leading me and showing me all of this. And I was like shocked. Um, I thought, wow, I've been lied to. This is it. What? This is what I've been missing. Are you kidding me? But yet this is what I was seeking. I was, I was definitely looking for that faith once delivered. Um, you know, how did, you know, the same, I just believe that there was a continuation of that faith from uh, the resurrection of Yeshua going to heaven to uh, the apostles continuing to work in the church growing and then silence. I was like, no, there's got to be a continuation. Just because this Bible only goes so far, that doesn't mean 
um, that what Yeshua established ended, right? So when I came uh, into the knowledge of the Moadid, I felt betrayed. I felt like this is a big lie. You know, I was, it wasn't my family more so than religion. You know, religion has, has um, it just ignored all this. And what, I think one of the ways I was set up for the truth was that um, I, I think it was a, a, a summer camp. It was a Bible camp. And they were going through why Baptists believe what they believe. And um, it was such a um, simple explanation towards the end that, that literally said, and because it, it, I think it was at the point of John the Baptist. And then beyond that, they said, well, because that's what Baptists have always believed. And I thought, are you kidding me? You can only go this far. This is, you don't even have a good explanation for that. So mm. I was like, so you just making up stuff. So um, the point I wanted to make just behind all that was like your, to your point tradition, but also to the point that a person can feel betrayed by religion because here the truth has been here the whole time, but you can see that it was covered up. Um, and then the other point is that um, you feel fear. You know, um, a lot of times stepping out of tradition, there's there's an element of fear involved because of tradition, because of those soul ties, because of the people you're tied to, who you know, if they're staunch Baptists, Methodists, Episcopals, whatever they are going to look at you like you're crazy. You know, your family, back to the scripture you read, um, is gonna become your enemy because you have now decided that this is not what you're going to do anymore. And because people will try to cut you off from certain things, you know, where they normally would have given you something. They're like, oh, you, you, you don't celebrate. So I know you don't want this. Oh, I know you don't wanna come over to dinner because well, you know, you don't celebrate that anymore. Um, so they're gonna, you know, make the comments and cut you off and, uh, different things like that, but you, you have to be willing to go through that uh, for the sake of the truth, for the sake of your relationship with uh, Yeshua. So, um, you know, I'll just tell them, stand strong. The Bible says, having done all, stand. You can't uh, do any more than, than stand, and he's going to do everything else. So. Yeah, because many are the afflictions of the righteous, but Yahweh will deliver them out of them all. So just yeah. because someone may be critical and may, uh, yeah, may criticize you, then that doesn't mean that we just throw in the towel. Uh, the scripture also says, well, if, hey, if everyone's saying good things about you, <laughs> you, yeah. may wanna, you may want to look at that. that. <laughs> right. Yeah, you, you may want to look at that. Um, so, so that's a good point. And I think even, so you, you are speaking more to those people who were almost like, man, this has been the truth the whole time. Like, it, it's almost like a betrayal feeling, you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. And to that group who has fear, because they see the truth, yeah. but because of what other people say, but because they're afraid to go against what they've been taught, they're also afraid uh, because what they've been taught has held them in such a stronghold of ignorance um, and fear that they actually fear that they would um, go to hell, basically, if they departed from the traditions, religious traditions that they've been taught. Because um, that, that's a very real thing. People um, want to um, do what the Father has told them. And in their minds, because they've, they've done it that way for a long time, well, this is what the Bible says, and this is what um, you know, my, my, my uh, faith, my religion says, how can it be wrong? So, but they've got to understand that the Father didn't send Yeshua into the world to condemn it, but so that it could be saved. In other words, um, you can uh, ask the Father about this and you're going to get the answer. You know, you don't have to be afraid. You know, yes. you don't have to be afraid. So, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, let's see. We only dealt with one. <laughs> 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 I have five things on here. We we've only done number one. So that said, we'll definitely have to um to come back and hit this, but it's been good. And I'm I'm just so thankful uh for you ladies and your candor and it's good stuff. Uh so let's see. I want to switch gears then and let's kind of talk about um 
what was your experience? I shared a little bit of mine, but what was your experience with letting go of Christmas? Was it hard to let it go? If so, what was hard about it? And how did you deal with it? Tori, I'll start with you. Um, actually that first year it was really easy when we first found out, like I had, it was so funny. I had just bought a Christmas tree, a bunch of decorations, didn't even have the money to do it, but I did it. And when I found out, I was just ready to throw everything away right then and there. But I remember that my husband was like, we'll just do this year. And then after that, you know, we'll be done with it. And I was like, okay, well, well, that's fine. But when that second year came and we really weren't doing, I was like, man, I kind of miss this. I miss doing the tree. I miss doing, you know, not even the gifts in my family, but just the, just those things that we would do. And so I really just had to, you know, realize that, yes, those things were fun, but as we celebrate Hanukkah, there's, there's, I don't want to say, well, okay, let me start over. One thing I realized is that how bad entertainment is and just that how the enemy wants you to be so entertained all the time, which is why Christmas is so fun because if your mind is always being entertained, you know, you you just gonna keep doing it. It feels good. It's fun. It releases these endorphins. And so that when that next year rolled around, I was like, okay, let me make an exchange. Let me turn my mind off. Let me realize that I don't have to be entertained by this holiday all the time. And so when I made that exchange, it was easy for me, but bringing my kids up. So then, well, that's a, that's a whole nother that was that was part two of the question. You in there? Go ahead. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so with bringing my kids up, it was difficult because I think a lot of our family, when we first were saying we're not going to celebrate Christmas, they thought it was a phase, and so they still that first year they still bought gifts. And I think when they saw that we didn't bring anything, that's when it clicked. But they still feel like our children need it. And so it's been really just having a conversation with our kids and letting them know that, hey, you know, at our house, we don't celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Hanukkah and just letting her know that um, when Yeshua really was born. And and obviously, I mean, she's four now. And obviously, as she gets older, we'll, you know, have more in-depth conversation. But it just shows you, you know, once you start people off, start a child off with truth, they'll hold on to it because- My my daughter was like, okay, so mommy, we celebrate Hanukkah and birthdays. I was like, well, we celebrate more than that, but it's just understanding that she knows that at home, we don't do that. And even if we go to her grandparents' house or somewhere else, she'll say, well, you know, they do they celebrate Christmas there? And I'm like, yeah, they do, but we don't. And just even just having little conversations with her now, because I used to feel like, oh, well, you know, are they going to feel like they're missing out? But and not not saying that Jews are the perfect examples, but they don't feel like they miss out by not celebrating Christmas. And, you know, even though they don't have all the truth, they stuck to some of the traditions in the, and they're not missing out. So, yeah. Right. right. What you were talking about when you're talking about kids, that reminded me when I was uh, a couple of things when I was a kid um, probably helped me. Um, along with the shock of what God wanted me to do, wanted how he wants us to worship him. But as a kid, you know, we, maybe four, five, six, we found out, you know, that our parents were the one buying our toys because one day the trunk was up. We weren't supposed to see the toys in the trunk. <laughs> so we did. And then, so that kind of broke me out of the Santa Claus thing. Cause I remember being a young kid telling somebody in the classroom about, they asked me about Santa. I said, Santa, I said, what do I want with a white Santa? I said, my, my family works hard for my toys. I'm not, uh-uh. So <laughs> he always this little militant kid, but I grew up in the militant 60s. So, um, you know, talking to my classmates about, no, nah, don't talk to me about Santa. But, and then as an adult, once I really understood, um, you know, what um, the father wanted us to really celebrate, you know, I was happy about it. But the difficult part was dealing with family because, you know, family traditions, religious traditions, you know, they don't understand, you know, what, what are you doing? They don't, um, you know, they look at you like you're crazy. Have you lost your mind? Um, so just dealing with that family part, that can be tough, but you know, who are you going to please? You know, if God be God, then we're going to please him. Right. Yeah. And it's like a lot of times when, especially in my experience, when I tell people, you know, we don't celebrate Christmas, the first thing they think is, Oh, you don't believe in Jesus. And I'm like, right. I can still believe in, you know, not be 
you know, I guess controlled by societal norms, but yeah. So yeah, dealing with the family can be, can be difficult. I will say that. <laughs> and that, that always comes up. You don't believe in Jesus anymore? You yeah. know, why you, you don't, you don't believe in this? You don't believe in that? It's like an assault on everything they believe in. It actually is because now you're holding up a mirror that says, no, I, this is how Elohim wants us to worship him. And subconsciously, um, I believe that people see that, but now they've got to, but their reaction subconsciously is coming out of their mouth is what? Well, what about this? What about that? You know, it's, 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 a, it's a carnal-minded fight against, against what the father wants them to do. So their, uh, their, their carnal side is, is rising up. Um, and that's what we all have to uh, watch out for is, you know, are we going to let our spirit lead us, our born against the human spirit? Are we going to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit? Or are we going to let our, um, what we think, you know, what we feel lead us? So, yeah. Right. And it's, it's so funny because the, the more I'm, I'm listening to you guys talk about family members and, you know, that sort of thing. And I was just thinking like, you know, I can't say that I really experienced that. And then the next thought was, but it was because those particular, like a lot of the family members, I guess that we go around, um, they're not really religious um, outside of, so of course my family, you know, we, we believe the same thing. You know, my parents, they, they uh, believe the same thing. So it's no issue there. And then um, on Demetrius's side, um, they they are involved in the church and such, but that deeply rooted religion isn't necessarily there. And we actually don't aren't criticized as harshly as the ones who are deep in religion, who you would think would be more open to hearing and to learning. They're the ones who are the most critical. So I don't know if that is kind of the same for, for you guys, but I was like, wow, like I literally just put, <laughs> put that together that really it's that spirit of religion. Cause as you were saying, Auntie Audrey, when you hold that mirror up and people have to look at, um, you know, why they believe what they believe. A lot of times people don't want to, especially if it's, if it goes against um, their beliefs and they aren't even willing to, to look and to listen. But one of the things that I, that I, that we do, uh, and I, when we go, um, to family during those times and they ask us questions, we ask them questions <laughs> like, okay, yeah, right. Like let's, let's, let's have a discussion. Let's have a dialogue. Um, and a lot of the time, you know, either they'll be interested and want to hear more or you'll get that, oh, okay, uh, you want something, you know, then they'll try to change the subject. One thing that I've actually noticed about that is when they do start asking questions, especially in what surprised me, especially the older people, they already know. They already know that it is that they may not know the details, but they know that it's not uh, rooted in scripture. They know that it does have, you know, pagan beliefs because, I mean, pagan roots, I should say, um, because my grandma, she is in her 70s. And when we, we started saying, you know, we uh, weren't celebrating Christmas, she was like, yeah, I know that it has nothing to do with, um, with, um, with, uh, with, with what she would say, Jesus. She was like, I know it has nothing to do with it, but that's just what we've always done. And it's so funny that now she's making this change. She doesn't call it Christmas dinner. She'll just say, oh, I'm just making dinner. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and, that, and, that, and, and, and it brought, and I, uh, I just brought that up because when I thought about that, I just kind of realized how many people I've met who said, oh, you know, that's my age. They said, oh, you know, well, my mom and my grandma told me that Christmas was pagan. So, you know, it's just also a, resp- a responsibility that, okay, well, if I know it's pagan, let me do some more research. Let me find out. And, you know, just being so, oh, I love my Christmas, but yeah. Yeah. That, that brought me to another thought, which is um, the, and, and this, this finds its way in almost every podcast I feel like, but anyways, a lot of people say things like, well, the message is good. You know, let's just focus on 
the good. Like Jesus is the reason mm. for the season. So we're we not celebrating that pagan stuff. We're celebrating Jesus. Or, um, you know, it's about giving and joy and family. So what is your answer to that? How do you deal with those people who try to say, yeah, that may be true, but this, I focus on the good. Well, I mean, are you going to focus on, are you going to do what, first of all, what do you believe? You know, are you trying to uh, do everything you know that the father wants you to do, that Yeshua wants you to do. If that's so, then this is what he wants you to do. So are you gonna are you gonna serve yourself? Are you gonna serve him? Are, are you gonna, you know, are you going to observe and understand what he intends? Um those are some of the things that we have, I think, ask them because they're feeling like it's okay, um, because they're focusing on Jesus, the reason for the season. And we have to say, well, if you really want to know what and how he wants us to observe him, you got to look at the, uh, the, the holy days that the father established. You know, we've got to go back to what he established that's been rejected by um, religion. You know, they know about it, but they made a case to reject it and even, per even persecute the Hebrews um, for um, their knowledge and their beliefs so that they could uh, entrench this man-created system. Um, so yeah, you know, it's like, well, who are you going to believe? Whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the Father or are you going to believe what the world has taught you? You know, and then the other right. thing is, uh, it's not anti-Jesus, who we know is Yeshua, um, and it's not, um, you know, anti-Elohim, who people call God. It is actually embracing what um, they intend for us to do all along. Um, so that's what I feel people need to understand is that this is what he wanted everybody to do all along. Um, we have to take them back to, like I said, Genesis chapter one, and then um, tied into the holy days that were given to the quote unquote Jews uh, in uh, Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and so on, and it show that even Yeshua kept them. You know, the, the scripture is as plain as the nose in our face. It says, you know, he was there, he was worshiping, he was observing. Oh, but he was a Jew, he had to. Really, he, well, he was doing what the right. father, and that's what he said. My need is to do the father's business or my uh, reason for being is to do what he tells me to do, so. Right, um, and I think, I think another thing people need to, to uh, think about is, when we talk about what's good and basically you can't pick and choose, you can't pull apart, take the evil out of it. It's just not possible. Right. You know, the scripture <laughs> talks about you know, yeast and leaven, like a little leaven leavens the whole lump. The whole yeah. thing is trash. You yep. can't pick out, you know, the evil or the bad. It doesn't work like that, you know? And I yep. even think about in the beginning with Hava, with, uh, you know, call Eve and, and Adam, Adam, um, in the beginning and how the father said, don't touch that, you know, and talking about that being that messenger of light, right? Because he had knowledge of good. He was in the presence of our creator, you know, but he was evil. And yeah. so you, can, you can't touch any of it. And because they tried to receive part of what he was saying, then that's how everything fell apart. So it, the same thing applies. We cannot try to pull out um, the parts that we feel like agree, you know, and, and we're like, well, I don't, I don't celebrate it because of that. I do this. And it's like, it doesn't work like that, sweetheart. Like, that's <laughs> not how it works. And I, um, one analogy I'll give, now I'll let someone else go. I was um, kind of just meditating on this and thinking about a toilet brush. So let's, I, I know we all have a toilet brush. Go with that. And that toilet, you know, that toilet been clean for 50 years. That same toilet brush been in that toilet. And then one day you decide, you know what? This, this will make a pretty good toothbrush. I'm going to use it as a toothbrush. 
the the uh, original purpose and intent of that was to clean toilets. Like it's filthy, it's dirty. Even if you want to use it for something else, that doesn't change what it has been used for all this time, what it was created for and the original, you know, the source of where it is. So it's the same thing. Like we can't change it and make it something else. It's literally not possible. And I think a lot of people don't even realize that they have done that. They, you know, are swimming in, 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 in mud and, and, and acting like it's snow. I don't know. Like, it, it doesn't right. work like that. So you can't pull out um, the good and the evil. Yeah. Right. And I know as Aaron was talking, the scripture that came up was good and evil come from the same tree. And so just to kind of go back, like, you can't just say, you can't make it. That's humanism to say, okay, this is what they did with it did was for. And this is how we're going to make it. We're going to make it and we're going to sprinkle some Jesus dust on it. And, you know, we're going right. to feel about <laughs> what we're doing now, you know. And so, and it really just goes back to just being deceived. So, I mean, some people yeah. are deceived and some people are just, this is what they want to do. And we just have to realize, like, you know, it's the reason why when Christmas was coming up, you know, that they tied it with religion. It's the reason why yeah. they did that. And people, believers have to realize that religion will like control you if you allow it, you know, religion will deceive you. And so really just, I guess to go back to answer your question, one thing I want to ask people, is it really about Jesus? Because I used to wonder what does, how does getting drunk glorify Jesus? How does getting how does how does all this stuff that y'all doing glorify him when if you look at I think it's in Galatians that tell that tells us to stay away from this stuff that y'all doing around Christmas time. So how is it even bringing light to him and and one and I don't know if y'all saw it, but they had a recently it was two Santa Clauses kissing each other. It was two men. And I'm like, so this Jesus really the reason for the season. Maybe y'all Jesus. But Yeshua, right. like this, and again, that's something else that's attacking the family. So it's so much that people just accept and just say, oh, like you were saying, oh, I'm just going to pick this good part of it. You know, uh, say you know how to bring good stuff. Exactly. That's the power of deception, because if it was, if it was just a full blown lie, then you wouldn't accept it. So he has to mix in good with the evil so that people will accept it. That's literally what happened in the whole beginning and the origin of Christmas because it was Saturnalia worshiping the sun god and light and all of those sorts of things. And they said, well, you know what? Um, let's just go ahead and celebrate Jesus' birthday on that day. And that way right. we can still celebrate this festival. And now, you know, we can celebrate Jesus. Woohoo! Like now it's good. And so right. it's, it's the same <laughs> trick it's like dang we have not learned <laughs> like we fall from the for the same okie doke all these years later um but everyone everyone ain't falling for it hey i'm not falling for it so that's that's kind of the gist of what i would say to that um and we are just about out of time so um you know i i'm feeling led why don't we pray let's just pray for um those who are listening Father, we just acknowledge you. We are so thankful for your word, for your, you are Elohim and your word changes not. You don't change. You are the same Elohim yesterday, today, and forever. And we're just so grateful to you. We just thank you for how concerned you are about us, that you desire for us to, to know who you are truly, um, absent of the filth of religion and these tainted ideas and polluted belief systems. So Father, we just ask that you would cleanse us, uh, that you would shed light, your knowledge, that we will be able to see clearly what is truth and what is a lie, that we would no longer be deceived and carried away by our own selfish desires. We lift up um, those those people who are born again and who say that they know you, but have not yet let go of this tradition for, um, because of fear, um, because of ignorance, because of doubt, whatever it is, we just ask Holy Spirit shed light on us that we may clearly see where we are and be able to um, make that change and to repent. We just give you praise uh, for us having the boldness, for you have made us bold as lions to go out into the world and to preach your uh, kingdom message, to shed light on um, 
your holy days versus holidays. We just thank you uh, for even that person who is grieving um, during this uh, holiday season. Father, let them know that they can put their trust in you and that you care about them. You're able to comfort them, but also that that soul tie will be broken between holy day, uh, between them and a holiday. Um, and we just give you praise for all of these things in the authority of Yeshua. Amen. Yeah. Um, can I say something real quick, Alicia? Absolutely. That came up is just um, be careful of what's being presented to your kids. Because one thing is that we know that we've learned is that the father is after that seed. And if the father is after that seed, Satan is also going to be after your seed. So just yes. be careful what we're presenting to our children, because if you can get children used to something or fall in love with something, as in this case, we're talking about Christmas, what's going to stop them from doing it as adults as well? So that was just kind of something that was just like kind of busting out of me <laughs> just to share yes. just what we're giving, what we're feeding our children. So, yes, absolutely. So, so, so very important. I'm so glad you said that. Well, thank yeah. you, ladies so much uh thank you for joining us of uh, our listeners as well and we are excited for uh the next kingdom conversation so thank you so much and shalom shalom